What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Man in the Arena podcast. Today we have a, a guest before I get to him. I'm just going to remind you guys to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Primal Baseball, P-R-I-M-A-L-B-S-B-L. We got a new blog out and we got a couple things coming in the near future. So today, for the first time, we're going to have Elias Fagan-Smith on. Um, he's a strength and conditioning coach and director of strength and conditioning at Primal Baseball. So, Elias, I'll let you introduce yourself. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, my name is Elias. Uh, like, you know, like Jordy said, I'm a strength and conditioning coach. We met back in uh, college, so I was working with Jordy in the in the weight room. And that's kind of when when the whole journey started. But I live in, in Pennsylvania right now from Massachusetts. Yeah, again, strength and conditioning coach, love love working with athletes, helping them, you know, get prepared for, for a variety of sports. When I transferred into Babson sophomore year, he was good friends with the baseball team. He tried out uh, for the Babson team and was on the club team for all four years. Was it all four years last? Yeah, all, all four years. All four years. And I'll let you I'll let him tell you a little bit more about his experience with athletes at Babson. But pretty much from the start, Elias and I um, hit it off, and and he would would help me with anything strength and conditioning, whether it was questions, programs, and to this day, he still writes everything that I do in the weight room or outside of the weight room, like on on a field if I'm doing sprint work or I'm doing jumps or I'm doing anything. All that goes through Elias. So Elias, I'll let you give give your journey and how you got into strength and conditioning and then who you worked with at Babson. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So it kind of started, uh, like Jordy said, I, I tried out for the baseball team, uh, my freshman and sophomore years and, uh, unfortunately didn't make it, but, uh, between that time, I learned a lot about performance training and, you know, I found the weight room and, and made a lot of improvements. And I thought, you know, in that year, um, you know, I had made a lot of progress and I realized that this is something I wanted to help help other people do. Uh, so I realized I wanted to, it was a, something I actually wanted to go into, got an internship that summer after my sophomore year of college, and then went back to Babson and started working with the teams in the weight room there. And it just kind of grew from there. So I got a lot of experience while I was in college. Um, and then one of the internships hired me straight out of college. And, um, you know, that's kind of what I've been doing ever since. So it, it came from a place of trying to try, trying to improve my own performance, but then, you know, turned into trying to help, help, help other people do the same thing. And Elias didn't talk on it, but he was an intern at Cressy Sports Performance in Hudson, Mass. So he was at CSP Mass. And Elias, can you tell us a little bit about your time there and, and just how you got that internship and then how that internship grew into what you know now yeah for sure so that was actually my second internship um the first one was at like a more local facility near where I grew up um and somebody who worked there had actually interned at CSP so that was kind of the connection um but that was my first time like really around really really high level athletes like I never I never been in the same weight room as a professional athlete before being super specific and super dialed in with different things regarding training is actually important because that's how, that's how they were there. And, and that's how they, you know, have grown to, to work with so many high level athletes. I also wanted to talk to you with being around all these professional athletes. 
what are the top couple things that you learn from the professional athletes, not even from a strength and conditioning side, but more maybe a mental aspect or how they went about their life and how they went about their business? Like what made them successful and what was the difference between them and and college athletes because college athletes you're performing well and you're still a very high level athlete but there is a difference between professional can you talk a little about that yeah for sure and i'll i'll tell a story i i won't uh you know name any names but there was uh a guy there who was uh, i think he was a minor leaguer at the time but he's since um played a couple years in the big leagues and i i'll never forget he was super athletic you know that's most most of them are were, were super athletic but i'll remember so he was doing like a broad jump ex- exercise where you do three broad jumps in a row and without any of the coaches uh explaining to him he went over grabbed a stack of cones and he marked off where he was going to start the broad jump he marked off where he was going to end the broad jump and then every repetition after that he he was trying to mark off he was trying to beat the the furthest cone that he was able to get to and I just thought that was, you know, pretty remarkable for for somebody to be so dialed in and you know want to compete uh, in just like a simple exercise in the in the gym. Um, so you know, since then I've seen other athletes do similar kind of things, and it's always the ones who are, you know, they're always looking to compete. And even just if, even if it's just with themselves, uh, it's it's pushing to be better each repetition. You're not always going to have somebody to compete with and when you're at home during the winter and this happens at every level whenever you're not with the team or home alone or doing things on your own like there's at some point you're not going to have a group setting so you need to be able to have that self-discipline and self-motivation to get what you can out of yourself so simple things like that and whoever's listening if it, if you're a high school kid or youth baseball kid whatever but you can play games like that with yourself like it makes it fun you can draw a line where you need to jump to or or try to hit a target eight times out of ten or ten times out of ten and just compete against yourself and in doing so you'll figure out the skills that are needed to accomplish the task that you want and it'll it'll not only help you understand and develop the skills that you're looking to but it'll develop the processes which is how you get to the skills so when you need to gain other skills you can go back to that process and do it again and again and again so regardless of whether it's helping you in in baseball or any sport you're playing it's going to help you in the long run in life too um so that's that's awesome and and kind of staying on the the same topic of of learning from from the athletes that you coach i was just curious if if you learn anything from being around all different types of athletes, I know that at Babson, you worked with all the teams. Like you didn't just work with baseball, you were working with hockey, you were working with soccer, volleyball, all different teams. And what are some similarities that that you've seen from all different teams? Like what are a couple things that is the same throughout, no matter what sport the athlete's playing? Yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, it's it's the 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 best athletes, you know, like to be competitive. In in it, it doesn't necessarily always come out in the in the weight room, where they're able to express that. Uh, and so it's you know it's kind of about being able to bring that out in in different athletes. 
I don't I don't know if that necessarily uh, is what you're getting at, but that's just kind of a similarity between all all athletes and how it kind of relates to what we do in the weight room in terms of trying to bring out the the competitive spirit and you know, the energy out of out of different athletes. It doesn't even have to be the exercises that you're doing, but just the the mentality of what you're coming what you're coming into the weight room with and and how how you're getting better in the weight room regardless of exercise. I'm going to switch topics a little bit and start talking about kind of your philosophy and the philosophy when you're writing programs for Pomo Baseball. I want to talk about what we've done over the summer and and how how simplifying things sometimes can be beneficial on the weight on the weightlifting or strength and conditioning side because in primal baseball we, I try to simple or we try to simplify things a lot and try to just have fun and compete and do do the small things right that lead to the big things instead of making it a lot crazier than it is we try to simplify it to make it easy to understand while using data technology and those things to intertwine but trying to keep it simple at the same time so I just want you to touch on how you make training simple but how you make it fun as well if we're going to talk about if we're talking about philosophy I think I'm always trying to you know meet the athlete at where they're at you know, any any athlete is going to be starting from a certain point like even if they've never trained before um, you know, some might be already big and strong. Some might be, you know, needing to put on some weight. Some might be needing to be more explosive. Some might be, be needing to, um, you know, put on some size. But at, at the end of the day, like training is training. And if things become too complex, then it's hard to stick with training. And in probably the most important thing is going to be how how many times can you repeat what you're doing over, over a period of time? So in terms of simplification, like you can break down training into, I don't know, four or five different categories in terms of like running or sprinting, like jumping, lifting, and, you know, warming up. So I kind of like to stick to those categories with, within a program. And then, you know, we can, if, if it's the first time they've ever done some sort of jumping activity it's going to be simpler than if you know they're a basketball player and they've been jumping their whole life um so just in terms of keeping it simple like simple is good but then also how do we take simple and make it challenging for 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 the person when you're touching on the simple stuff that you want in the program why would why would a pitcher or a baseball player it's easier probably for position players to understand why they should be athletic and explosive and bouncy, but why would a why would a pitcher in your mind need to have that elasticity and and the explosiveness and and the 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 sprint speed? Why why would a pitcher need that, and how would that help them accomplish what they want to accomplish? Yeah, that's a good question, and definitely I've had you know pitchers be like, you know, hey, why do I need to run sprints? Like, or why do I need to rest a minute in between these sprints? Um, and at the end of the day, it's like, it's about training yourself to be more explosive. 
um, at some point or another in your delivery, like whether you're a guy who is a fast paced tempo um, in your mechanics or a slower paced tempo, you're going to be putting force in the, into the ground quickly at some point or another. And sprinting is kind of the easiest way to do that. It, it requires pretty little amount of, you know, technique and anybody can go out and sprint really fast and you're, you know, going to be producing speeds that are near maximal in terms of like your abilities. Um, whereas if you're going to put weight on a bar, you're not necessarily going to get that, that, that fast twitch ability, that quick force into the ground. And it's just, it's a great way to, to fill that speed bucket that, that pretty much every, I, I don't want to say every, every athlete can benefit from because there are certainly like different situations where you might not want to sprint somebody as far as somebody else, but, you know, in general, it's just a great way to get more explosive. And, and that's something that pretty much every pitcher could benefit from. To add to that, not only are you getting the benefits of becoming faster, but you're getting body awareness. You're learning how to do different things. And when you learn to do different things, whether it's jumping, sprinting, doing anything in the weight room, you just have better control of your body. And then that can also translate to the mound, regardless of, of what exercise it is. If you can control your body and learn how to move your body and you feel more in control and more aware of how your, bo how your body and your, your limbs are moving in space, chances are it's going to be pretty beneficial for you when you step on the mound. And I want to use this as an opportunity or a time to kind of ask you about how you would go about breaking down a player in an assessment, right? If somebody wanted to train with you at Primal Baseball, what what does it look like to be assessed? And, and not only what does it look like, but they want to know why you're doing it and and the why behind your assessment. Could you talk a little about that? Yeah, for sure. And I, I think there's two uh, two kind of sec sections to any assessment. And one is going to be like the movement end of things. So, you know, how well you control your body in, in different movements. And the other is going to be like the athleticism end of it. Um, so if we start with the movement end of it, if we look at something just like a body weight squat can tell a lot about, you know, how, how much range of motion your joints can move through. You can go into things deeper. Like, you know, if you watch their heat, somebody's heels come off the ground in a body weight squat and, you know, they're missing arm side high a lot, you know, in their performance, then you could say, well, you know, maybe we could improve their ability to keep their heel on the ground. And that's, you know, not the case for everybody you look at like Spencer Strider, his heel comes off early and the guy's a savage, but just little things like that in terms of finding body weight movements that can be a um, kind of an indicator of how somebody is able to move in a more complex movement, like, like pitching. So it'd have, you know, maybe a, a body weight squat, a toe touch can kind of tell um, some other range of motion things uh, about a pitcher. And then if we need to, we could go into some, some arm and elbow range of motion. Again, that would be something where, you know, if there's uh, any type of pain with throwing, that's something where we could dive into that stuff. But keeping it simple with the first two and then and then moving on to the athletic stuff is kind of would be the average, you know, things I would like to look at. So then you go into the performance stuff. You could look at sprint time, vertical jump height. If 
but obviously if, if there's not access to things that can measure that, we could just measure a broad jump, which is basically how far you can jump. Um, and then a triple broad jump, which is how far you can jump three times in a row. So that's, you know, two assessments that can tell how much force you can put into the ground. Um, and if we couple those together, if you have, you know, a body weight squat that's improving and then uh, a broad jump and a triple broad jump that's that's going up incrementally as well, you can, you know, be pretty sure that we're making progress towards towards being a better athlete. To add that all the stuff that you're doing, the simple stuff, you don't need crazy resources to test. You don't need crazy resources to get this stuff done if you have access to a normal gym where you have access to 10 yards or maybe 20 yards of grass or turf, you can get all these numbers and you can get these assessments in. So there's not a, there's not a huge barrier to enter here. If, if people are listening to this and want, want to work with Elias, we'll obviously give the contact information after, but you can always go to Primal Baseball, DM us or email us if you are interested in strength and conditioning programs and Elias can, help you get on your way and, and help you help you on your way to better performance. So that's, that's all the strength and conditioning stuff I had for you, Elias. I kind of want to talk more just on, on everyday life stuff. So I'm going to bring up the rapid fire questions and, and we'll, we'll end with that just to keep this short and simple. I know it's a uh, Sunday night, so you probably want to get back to watching football. But uh, we'll we'll start with a rapid fire. What's your favorite book? Ooh, so I'm gonna go. Favorite book ever is probably Conscious Coaching. Um, and that was kind of the first time I read a book that wasn't about training. Um, and it was just it was a great book about about coaching and how to interact with, um you know, basically anybody you're working with. It, it was a, a football coach who wrote the book and just about the value of being a coach and, you know, being there for your athletes and teaching different things along the way. Um, so I, I think that's my favorite book. I'm reading a book right now called The Quadrant System. That's more on the training end of things. Um, basically how to break down like in-season training volumes and stuff. But uh, I think Conscious Coaching is my favorite book ever. Yeah, and you're talking about in-season volume and and off-season and the different phases of training. We may have we may have not gone into depth on those things. Those are going to be later podcast episodes that we can dive into different aspects of training. The yeah. the the reason and the emphasis on this podcast is just to get the viewers and everyone introduced to Elias and who he is and what he does with Primal Baseball and then we're going to get more podcast episodes later on that dive deep into different training ideas, training topics and we're going to intertwine them with with life and and how you can perform or use the training to not only perform in your sport but life as well. So we'll we'll get into all the, that good stuff later, so stay tuned for that, but I'll I'll, I'll keep going the rapid fire That's questions fine, right now. So uh, what's your favorite memory from baseball? And then if you have one outside of baseball too. Favorite memory from baseball. Hmm. I think it's going to be winning the first playoff game. So the high school I went to hadn't won a playoff game in, I think it was like 10 years and we had made it 
the, the my sophomore year and junior year, and we lost in the first round both years. And then senior year, we finally won. Um, so I I think that's my favorite baseball memory. Favorite non baseball memory. Ooh, I don't know. That's a hard one. I feel like I got to There's there's got to be some good family things in there. I'm gonna go. Hmm. I'm gonna go with you know seeing my dad getting married. So obviously the first time he got married, I wasn't alive yet. But the second time I was, and that was just a special moment. Um, you know, being there to to watch him do that. Yeah, that's sweet. That's a good, good memory to have. When I was thinking of these questions, and I answered them in my first podcast ever. So if you guys have missed that, you can go back and listen. But I had no idea like what to say because I feel like everything in my life had been wrapped up with baseball, like baseball included. So it's always good to go back and see yourself outside of baseball and give yourself a little space away from baseball and understand that, you know, there's more more than just baseball and that that doesn't mean you don't give everything you have to baseball, but understand that there's 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 also more important things outside, such as as family that we need to take care of as well as as baseball on the performance side. Yeah, so, I'm sure I have some good memories, too, of like watching athletes play. That would probably be up there. That's outside of baseball, but also pretty cool there. Uh, have you ever been with Flow State? And can you describe it as best you can if you have been? I, I that's hard. I think I think I have. I think I've like been working on like spreadsheet programs and just like not looked up for a few hours. I think that's Flow State, but that's the only way I can describe it is just working on something uh, and then not moving or doing anything else for an extended period of time. Yeah. And, and Elias and I have sat in the Babson. I think we were in flow state when we sat in the Babson library and was, we're coding. And co <laughs> what was, I forget what the coding class was. Do you remember what it was called? I have no clue, but. Oh, what was it called? Web design, web technologies. Web technologies, honestly, not a bad class. Pretty cool, pretty cool class. Uh, Elias and I, I don't think you would consider us like techies. No, definitely not. We, we figured it out though, and our web pages were always spot on. So we always, we always, always did high quality work, and may have taken longer than other people, but we got it done. So those, that's yeah, a good, we, that's a great memory I had from outside of baseball, actually. That is a great memory. I we got we got hyped when we got some of those codes to work. Yeah, that a lot of a lot of trial and error. Yeah. So, uh, what is something uncomfortable that you want to start doing in order to grow? And this might you might have to. I'll try to talk a little bit so you can think right now, but that's yeah. that's going to put you on the spot. And if you don't have anything, we can pass, or you can make something up. Um, I definitely want to just like reach out to people and ask them questions. I, like I've heard that a lot of really good strength coaches do that. And I've listened to a lot of podcasts where people are like, Hey, like you should just reach out to people and ask them questions and, you know, you'll end up making connections that way. Uh, and I'm, I'm still not, I'm not sold on that strategy because I feel like you reach out to somebody and you ask them for something. It's, 
it's kind of like rude, but um, I think I should at least give it a try to see see how it goes, and you know maybe it will turn out not how I'm expecting. Yeah, I I think there's always a balance, and that's right. You don't want to reach out to somebody and and just have them tell you the answer because you you kind of want to have the answer in your own way, like you want to find the answer your own way. But it definitely helps to use the resources you have, and other people are definitely resources so you definitely have to find a way to go about it where you're not you're not just taking something from them you're not taking information you got to find a way to provide information and kind of make it like a partnership so that they get some or you get some and you can kind of interact and maybe have a conversation but that's I, I like that I like that it's definitely not comfortable to reach out to people that you don't know and but that's that's part of how you network and and how you'll take your strength and conditioning coaching performance to the next level yeah yeah it's true all right i got another tough one for you most valued non-material possession most valued non-material possession hmm i i gotta go with like like health because if i get injured and i can't train i'm gonna be in a pretty bad place uh so I'm just going to go with that. Uh, the ability to just train. That's, yeah. I don't think that's material, but it's definitely something. Yeah, I like that. And I, I like your, your thought process there too. Like when you get, it's, it's one of those things like you, you don't, you don't know you need it until it's gone. Like when you're, when you're healthy, you don't really think about being sick. Right. But when, right, you're, right. when you're sick, you're like, ah, oh, I love being healthy. So that's, like kind of a a good thing to think about when you're when you're training sometimes it sucks like the feeling is bad i mean it's stressful in the body but if you can't train that's worse than the feeling that you have like you when when you are injured you want to be out there you want to be doing stuff so that's a good thing to for athletes who are listening to remember or even people like if, if you're doing something that you might not like imagine it being taken away and then that can kind of give you a different perspective so i like that yeah, 100%. And I, I was never really uh, injured in any of my sporting career. So I didn't really get to, I didn't really learn that until I like pulled a hamstring one time and, and couldn't run sprints anymore for like uh, two or three weeks. And then I was like, dang, this sucks. Like, I want to go back to running sprints every day. Yeah, exactly. I got two left. Next one is something you often forget you're grateful for. So, I mean, it's on the same track, but maybe you can find something different. Um, I think, I think having family nearby, um, because I, you know, in the last year I moved to Pennsylvania and, you know, I, now I see family, you know, a few times a year and obviously the first, however many, 20 two years of my life, I would have totally taken that for granted. Like, you know, seeing my parents every, you know, every month or every holiday or whatever. Um, and now that I can't do that, I'm like, dang, I should not t- take that for granted, you know, living near them and getting to see them, you know, as often as I can. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And last one, I'm going to split this into two. I want advice for your five-year-old self, like you to your five-year-old self. And then, if there's high school players listening, advice to them on on when to start training, and then any any life advice you have too. So I'll I'll let you 
let you have the microphone. Cool. Um, five-year-old stuff. I guess I should find a dog to race uh, while crawling. While crawling. Well, no, you're walking by five. But yeah, I should find some sort of animal to race against. And I would have been a lot faster by the time I'm, you know, have her old 10, 11, 12. Uh, so that's my advice for my five-year-old self. I guess I can't tell my five-year-old self to start training earlier because I was only five. But uh, that that could be like my 12-year-old self. That's the craziest advice that anyone's ever given on this podcast. <laughs> but that, I like, like, it's so crazy. I like it. Like, when I have a son, I'm going to buy a dog so he has to race it. Yeah, they day. say crawling speed translates to uh, sprinting speed. So yeah, there you go. And then to um, high school athletes. Yeah, I mean, just get started training. Like, and, you know, I hate to say that you want to find somebody to help guide you in, in, in training because it is, you know, being able to, to find a journey on yourself, like, you know, going to the YMCA and just lifting with your, your boys is an awesome experience. So I don't want to say, Hey, you need to go to a gym and find a program and follow it. Um, but at a certain point you do have to have some sort of structure to your training. Um, and that could be just you, you and your, your, your boys coming up with a program and just following it. Um, and, and going in every week and, and trying to beat the, the things you did the week before. Um, so I think, yeah, I think the first thing would be just, just start training somehow. And the second way would be ha come up with some sort of system um to to follow and you know so that you get to see your progress and then so also um you can have a plan for what you're doing and you're not just going and, and doing whatever um and if you can find somebody to help you help you with along with it with the journey yeah i love that and especially i mean looking back to my younger self i started lifting senior year so i was late so you know you can you can start lifting whenever you want if, if you're in high school you should definitely start and like Elias said, like, don't skip to the part where you're nervous and scared. Like, that's part of it going into the gym for the first time and not really knowing what to do. That's all part of the, like you said, part of building the systems, building the processes. If you, you can't just skip that. Like, that's part of life. You, you, you can have somebody to guide you, sure, if you want to want to program, but why not enjoy that, like, fear? You're only going to get to experience that once and, and to be, 15, 14, going to the gym with your boys, not having any idea, like that's, that's going to be an unbelievable memory in life. And, and to skip out on that could, could be missing, missing a lot more than, than the performance that you might've had from getting somebody to guide you step-by-step step through it. So like, like Elias said, sure. If you're six, you know, sophomore year and, and you're getting serious about baseball, like let's get serious and, and get with Elias and get with whoever, whoever you trust. But but definitely do your own thing at first and, and fail and, and learn how to, how to build your processes. Cause that's going to take you further than having somebody tell you. And, and that's all I really got for the podcast. Elias, uh, if you, if you have any questions for me, now would be the time if you have any, or, or we can just say goodbye to the listeners. Well, I was actually, you answered it. I was going to ask you when you started lifting, just because I don't think we ever, we ever talked about that, but you said, uh, what, senior year of high school? Yeah, I was, I was very late to the game. There would be like some nights where I would go down to the basement. I had like a, 
a weight setter, like a bow flex. And it would be like my sophomore freshman or maybe junior year when, you know, when I'm, when I'm pissed off or something and I'm just like ripping the bow flex, listening to like 2010s, like Rihanna or Jay-Z or like something like that. But that was like part of it. Like I, I would love to go back to that and, and I wouldn't change that for anything. So that that's just on par with, with what we've been talking about. Like I would not change anything the way it went. Obviously, yes, I would have liked to start lifting earlier, would have, would have given me a, a, a boost on the competition and maybe I would have gone to a different school out of high school. Looking back, I don't have any regrets on it. Would give advice to kids to start earlier, but I don't have any regrets on how the process that it took to get to where I am right now. Uh, that's all. Yeah, that's all I got. Elias, I just want you to tell them, tell the listeners or tell anybody that might want to work with you how to how to reach out and how to contact you if they're interested in programs. Yeah, I mean, any of the any of the primal baseball stuff, definitely send us a DM um, or if you just have any questions about training like I love I love to help you know people who are just getting started like you know hey what should I do here hey I've never been to the gym like what what should I do in this situation Um, or you know hey I don't have access to a gym what can I do any sort of one of those questions or again if you want to uh, work together you know contact any of the any of the primal baseball stuff so like Jordy said at the beginning that the Instagram DM is probably the best place to do that yeah so I'll just and with, with giving you guys the information, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Primal Baseball, P-R-I-M-A-L-B-S-B-L. Contact us at, on Gmail at Primal Baseball, P-R-I-M-A-L-B-S-B-L at gmail.com. And, and we'll get back to you guys regarding whatever program you're interested in or if you just have questions. And, and we'll leave this podcast with also saying if you guys have any guest recommendations or you want to be a guest on the show email us at the primal baseball gmail and and we'll have a conversation but i just want to thank elias for for being on the podcast and he will be on multiple more times this was just a general introduction podcast so thank you elias yeah for sure thanks thanks for having me on i look forward to uh to doing this again thanks everybody for listening see you next episode